0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmouth.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. It's uh, great to be here, great to be with you. Um, I, I get to go to all the glamorous places. Uh, you know, th- This week I've been in Switzerland, woo, been in Liechtenstein, been in Austria, woo, and I've been in Barrow in Furnace. Yeah. So all the glamorous places. So, but it's great to be with you. And uh, as has already been said so so much this morning, you know, it's been a week unlike any other kind of week that most of us have ever encountered in life. And uh, you know, certainly I, I was in Switzerland when discovered the news about Queen Elizabeth. I uh, was actually in a cafe, and, and I just found myself, I just burst into tears. And I thought, where did that come from? Uh, and when I've talked with so many people, so many have had a similar experience. And my, my friend, uh, who's a Bulgarian, Macedonian, living in Switzerland, which is complicated, Uh, he he was really surprised by my reaction and I said well I said I think it's the fact that she's been a mother to our nation and uh, all of my life she's been a constant presence Uh, and I don't think we always fully realize the depth of love and affection we sometimes have for our monarch until what has happened this week has happened and so And also, it's a critical time for our nation. Uh, Lots of change going on. And our our nation, whatever your politics is, put it to one side. Our nation isn't in great shape at the moment. And uh, having traveled into other parts of the world and come back into the UK, one of the things I've noticed is a culture shock. Uh, Normally the culture shock is when I go into the developing world, come back into the UK, and the culture shock of what we have here and what they don't have there, but sort of my last three trips have all been into Europe, and I come back into the UK, and it's almost as though our nation has just lost its way. It's sort of rudderless, and uh, things in one sense falling apart at the seam, and I believe this is a time for the church to rise up and to be that strength, that stability that people are looking for. Well, I'm going to speak this mention of a river in Scripture, very last chapter in the book of Revelation, and it's the first five verses, and it says this, "'Then he shed water of life, clear as crystal,' coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb Will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no longer any night, and there will be no need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. Father, I just thank you this morning for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help me now to unpack your word simply, clearly. I pray, Lord, it can be applied to our lives in the here and now that will make a difference to our today and our tomorrow. And so fill me up afresh, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, just speak into people's lives. Lord, may it be a sentence may it be an entire message may it be a theme may it be something i'm not even saying but you by your holy spirit just start speaking into people's lives but lord i pray today that lord we go out of this place strengthened and established in you in jesus name amen amen wow the wonderful book of revelation the book of controversy the book where theologians like to argue about its content. And, and you know, one of the things I believe that is important is for us to realise the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. It's full of symbolic language. Uh, and also it tells us very clearly at the beginning of Revelation that it's about the things that are, the things that that are uh, and the things that are to come and I believe even here in Revelation 22 often we just take it and we apply it to what is to come we talk about our heavenly hope our heavenly future we see here a picture of the river of God of trees of healing of light and of there being no more curse and we just think of the eternal promise that we have in Christ I want you to know that is true today we have an eternal hope and an eternal promise but I believe it also applies to our here and now. Jesus taught us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've been saying for a while now that most of the church is looking to go to heaven, but what God is looking for is for the church to come from heaven into the earth and to bring heaven into our here and now. Joking aside about glamorous places, God's plan, God's purpose for Barrow and Furnace is for it to start looking like a little bit of heaven on earth. You might look at Barrow, you might say, that is an impossibility, but I want to declare today that all things are possible. And Scripture says all things are possible to those who believe. And this morning it's time to allow faith to rise up within us that says heaven invade the earth. Heaven invade barren furnace so that the things we're looking at here in this scripture become a reality in our here and now. You see it talks of a river. The river very simply is this. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you see rivers in scripture, always is an indication of his presence, of his ability to refresh and renew. You know, the Holy Spirit always is wanting to refresh and renew us. Any of you feel tired in here today? Any of you feel worn out? Any of you feel as though you can't muster the energy and the strength for today, let alone tomorrow, I want to encourage you. There is someone who is the source of life, and his name is God, the Holy Spirit, and he comes as a source of life to us, comes to bring fresh strength, fresh energy, fresh vitality comes to to enable you to keep going when you feel as though you've got nothing to keep you going. You see, what I'm talking about today isn't theory. Today, what I'm talking about is practice. It is something I've experienced in the 40-odd years that I've had the privilege of knowing God. I've discovered this. There have been many times I've felt like giving up. Many times it's been difficult. Many times there's been opposition. Many times I've been persecuted for my faith. Many stresses, many betrayals, many heartaches. But I want to say this, that God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who enables me. He is the one who generates fresh life on the inside of me. And the truth is this, he lives on the inside of you. And there is a saying that we have in in our culture, which is this, that you can't keep a good man down. And I want to say you can't keep someone down forever who has the Holy Spirit residing inside of them because he is the giver of life. He is the source of life. Then it goes on here to tell us this river flows from the throne of God. You know, we've been rightly remembering our wonderful Queen, but I want to say this, that there is a throne that is established forever. It is from everlasting to everlasting, and that is the throne of our God. He rules. He reigns. He is sovereign. He is in charge. He has, uh, he has the final say over your life and over my life. You know, he is Lord. You know, over the years I've heard many, many people say, you make Jesus Lord. I understand what people are saying, and I may be being a bit pedantic now, But the reality is this you cannot make Jesus Lord. He is already Lord. He is already established in his rule and his reign. The question is whether we submit to his lordship, whether we say, Not my will, but your will be done, whether we surrender our will, our ambitions, our desires, because we realize there is something that is far bigger than us. You know, the truth is today that the whole of the universe doesn't revolve around us. I I know that disappoints all of us. But the truth is the whole of the universe doesn't revolve around us, it revolves around him. He is king, and as king, he has the right to rule and to reign over our lives. That means to rule and to reign without question. That means we submit everything to him. This river, it flows from that place of his lordship. And then it goes on to say that there is on either side of the river, the tree of life. I don't know how many of you can remember in the book of Genesis, the fact there were two trees in the book of Genesis. There was the tree of life, which Adam and Eve had you know, full access to. But then there was another tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which the Lord said to them, I don't want you to eat of that tree. Right at the beginning of time, God's plan, God's purpose was never for us to live according to what is right and what is wrong. It was never to live according to rules and to regulations. His purpose was always that we would eat of the tree of life and that that tree of life would enable us to live life like he lives life course Manette of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The result of that is that sin entered the world and people now have to live their lives out of a choice of whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing. But when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't say, I have come that you might have rules and regulations and you might have them in abundance. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have life in abundance. What is that life that it's talking about? It is the word eternal life, which is the Greek word zoe, which simply means this, the God kind of life. In other words, inside each one of us, the moment we are saved, the moment we are born again is God's life. And we now, in this world, can live like he lives. We can walk like he walks, we can talk like he talks, we can love like he loves. We can sing a song like we've sung today, Break my heart for what break, breaks yours, and we can live a Godlike, Christ-like life here on Earth. You know, often in the church, we like to talk about destiny. Usually we wrap up destiny about God's plan, purpose for my life. But you know, the destiny for each one of us is that one day we will see him face to face. And when we see him face to face, we will be changed, transformed into his likeness. That will be the fullness of his salvation in our lives. But the reality is now that each of us are being changed. We are being changed today. Every time we look upon him, every time we gaze upon his beauty, gaze upon his glory, we become a little bit more like him. I want to encourage you today. You might think, well, my life doesn't seem to be changing. But if he is resident within you, there is a change taking place. Sometimes it is subtle, sometimes you don't really see the change, but other people can see it within you. You know, it's a little bit like when you don't see you know, a child in the family for months and months. And then they walk through the door and suddenly they're about 10 foot tall and they've, they've gone broad and they've totally changed in appearance to how you can remember them. Yeah, they never knew that change was taking place. They just lived day by day and they got bit by bit taller, bit by bit wider. That's how it happens. You know the change in each one of our lives As we gaze upon Jesus, in one sense it's like a subtle change that takes place. Not always dramatic. For some people, it may be as dramatic. Come from dramatically bad places, come into a dramatically good place. For a lot of people, though, it's just a subtle change that takes place. Then he goes on to say this that the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. You know, I praise God that one day there will be no more war. One day there will be no more heartache, no more pain, no more anguish. But also here and now in the earth we are working to see his kingdom come and to see change and transformation come to see barriers broken down you know one of the wonderful things about the church of Jesus Christ it is a place where barriers are broken down between rich and poor between black and white between male and female the barriers get broken down because of the cross of Jesus Christ and I believe also it's the place where barriers between nations get broken down. I understand all the sensitivities around what is happening at the moment, and we've stood by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine as far as putting resource and support into refugees. But I want to say this today, and it will offend some, no doubt, that God loves Russia every bit as much as he loves Ukraine. And it is time to see the barriers broken down. Queen Elizabeth was privileged to be in a position where she could make a difference because of her influence. You know, I'm sure most of us have seen the footage, remarkable footage, of the time she met Martin McGuinness. You know, her own uncle had been murdered by the IRA, and yet there she is with no hint of malice in her face whatsoever, reaching a hand out to shake the hand of Martin McGuinness. Year or so earlier she'd been into Dublin, and again uh, had done an extraordinary thing. She laid a reef as a British royal at a, a cenotaph given to Irish freedom fighters who had fought against the British Army. And in those two acts, she broke down barriers and she brought healing and she brought reconciliation. And I believe for each and every one of us, we maybe can't do it on a cataclysmic scale like the Queen was able to do, but on a personal scale, we can break down the barriers. We can reach out to others and we can see reconciliation come into people's lives. The leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Then goes on to say this, there will be no longer any curse. You know, Galatians 3.13 tells us, Cursed is he who hung upon a tree. Curse was broken two thousand years ago when Jesus died. The curse of sin was broken. The curse of death was broken. The curse of sickness was broken. The curse of everything that was opposite to what God had originally planned was broken. And there will be a day when we see the fullness of this. But even now we see snippets of this kingdom breaking into our world. Book of Hebrews puts it this way, we taste of the power of the age to come. Every healing is a reminder that the curse is broken. Every person whose life gets cleaned up from sin is a reminder the curse is broken. And there will be a day when every tear will be wiped away. There will be a day where there will be no more heartache. There will be a day. <laughs> there will be a day when we see him face to face. And it all be worth it. Everything will be worth it when we see him. There is. No more curse. Then goes on, just full of stuff is this, really? Could go on all day. And it says, They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. I love that. The right name on your forehead. I remember a funny story of Jeff Lucas, the Christian speaker who was sat one time at the front of church waiting for his turn to go up and speak. And this lady came and she said, uh, she said, Jeff, I have a vision. And so Jeff said, well, what is this vision? Said, well, the, the vision is this. I see the word 666 on your forehead. Of course, Jeff wasn't particularly encouraged by that, just as he was about to preach the word of God. But joking aside, there is a name on your forehead today. And it's the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The truth is this, you belong, and you belong to him. That's why, on one level, we have no rights over our lives. Now, we can talk about the right to this and the right to that and the right to the other, but the truth is we have no rights over our lives. Because 2,000 years ago, Scripture tells us we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus and that each one of us belonged to him, lock, stock and barrel. I don't know about you, but that gives us security. We've talked all week about how the Queen was a constant presence in our lives. But I want to say there is someone who is even more constant than the Queen, and it is the Lord, and we belong to him. And nothing can snatch you out of his hand today. I meet so many Christians who are insecure about their today and their tomorrow. So many Christians are insecure, you, you know, I kick the cat. have I lost my salvation? Well, whose salvation is it? Because actually it's not our salvation, it's his salvation that he gives to us. <laughs> And like any gift, he doesn't give it as a loan. (laughs) You know, a loan, you can take it back, but a gift you don't take it back. It is given freely and unreservedly. And your salvation is secure today because you belong to him and his name is on your forehead. No demon, no devil. No man, no circumstance will ever take you out of his hands. That's tremendous security. The final thing is this, this wonderful bit, they will no longer be any night and they will have no need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. You know, the easiest way to get rid of darkness is to switch on the light. You know, I've met many Christians who spend more time talking about the devil than they do about Jesus. I remember one woman ringing me up one day. She spoke for 20 minutes. She spoke about this spirit, that spirit, the other spirit. I I thought, when is she going to mention Jesus? 20 minutes. So many people are fearful of darkness. So many people are fearful of the devil. But the truth is this, there is a light that has overcome the darkness and his name is Jesus Christ. And the way to deal with darkness is to switch the light on. It's not to shout at some demonic power out there, but it is simply to switch the light on, to allow the life of Christ that is within each one of us to be expressed out of us what does that look like every time you love a person every time you forgive a person every time you're kind to someone every time you're generous to someone every time you pray for someone you are flicking on the switch and the light is overcoming the darkness And then the incredible thing is this. It says, and they will reign forever and ever. So incredible. It doesn't say he will reign. It says they will reign forever and ever. Wonderful thing about our God is this. That he includes us in everything that he is. We get included in his victory. We get included in his glory. We get included in his life. And we are able to reign forever and ever. And you know, for each of us, we will reign in the life that is to come, in fullness. But he wants us to learn to reign in life now. The book of Romans 5 says this, that we reign in life through one, Christ Jesus. When he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. And when he rose to new life, we rose to new life. And we reign together with him. I don't know about you, I just think that's wonderful. I just think that tells us what a heart he has for each one of us. How much he loves us. How big his heart is. That he can take all seven billion people on this planet and he has a place in his heart for them. And the truth of that is, he has a place in his heart for you and he loves you and he's for you and he believes in you and one day you will reign forever and ever with him god bless you